and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. It's December 9, 2022. This marks our 56th episode, Praise the Living God. I am Sister Noelia, and I will join you today on this 56th podcast entitled, What to Take Glory In. We have been away for some time, observing all the celebrations of our Lord and many other events. We'd like to thank you for joining us today as we reflect what to take glory in. We'd like to give thanks to GospelRiver.com for Like a River Glorious. All praises and glory to our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. I hope you have taken in our last podcast because they hold messages in accordance to what is affecting everyone today. Our God is the one true living God and no other can take his place on the throne. He is the God of truth. And His glory will always prevail. Hallelujah. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for listening in. I am Sister Noelia, and I will be presenting What to Take Glory In. Thank you for listening today, and please consider these messages of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, as they can assist you in your life. We want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for a donation because we want the integrity of the Lord's message to always remain pure. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to this program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast, right here on Podbeam, on iHeartRadio, Listen Notes in L.A. Please download and share it. Once again, we thank you for joining us today and sharing in the good news of the great hope in our living King Yeshua. We must never forget all things are made possible by the Lord God Almighty through Yeshua HaMashiach. For He is alive, He lives, and He reigns. Amen. 
Today and every day we are here marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity to discover our Lord and Savior, Christ the King, Yeshua HaMashiach. I would like to thank GospelRiver.com for O Christian Awake. glory be to God. Let's begin with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Please help us not to fall into temptation or transgressions, but deliver us from all evil, for thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hello again. It is a pleasure to be back. Today's episode 56 entitled, What to Take Glory In. Please have your Bibles handy as we will cover several scripts that pertain to where man have led man and where God can lead us out of oppression and free us from the captivity of darkness. In the last episode, we spoke of victory and how God prevails in the end, which is for celebration. However, we simply have not made it to that point. As we are currently in a war between good and evil, which has caused a profound dilemma, and it's under this hardship and struggle to which we are facing losses of lives, souls, and the real meaning of truth and love. Without a doubt, more problems lie before us. However, while in His promise, Yeshua HaMashiach, all things are made possible. Yet, without embracing Him, the one true King of Kings, all fall into peril. If anything, this episode is among many warnings that have been brought forth by the Royal Kingdom's podcast. And as we will continue to move forward in expressing how little time is available to become one with God and not one with the world or men of this world. People have been enthroned in many rapid changes which have caused a ripple effect of less than instead of more abundance. It may be excuse for battles or disagreements between believers and non-believers, but one thing is certain. If Christ the King Yeshua were ruling over every nation, we would never lack thereof. We keep trying to embrace all things together, good and evil. But there is a clear divide, because holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is of light, not of darkness. In fact, darkness cannot cast out His light. However, if all nations are clutched together, embraced by many gods, rulers, kings, so to speak, where does God, the one true God, fit into that equation? If we say, let's love all, good and bad, it will wash out in the end, does it? If you have a barrel of apples and one is bad, 
and it is never removed from the barrel. All the other apples will spoil. In the same sense, who we garner around us, whether non-believer or unrepented, could cause us to stumble or even cause your very death. If people are not first aligned with God Almighty, nor have they embraced Yeshua's gift of salvation, the only one who could offer such a gift of redemption, then they are walking in total blindness, for they haven't acquired holiness, which is the guidance in righteousness, in truth, love, and faith, and the purpose of life in God Almighty. This is to illustrate stumbling blocks. For example, one believes in salvation through grace of God, but the other doesn't. Thereby they are not of equal parts. One belongs to the likes of their belief and the other to theirs. However, through interactions and influence could cause both to fall, one further away from God and the other out of God's grace. I've heard some argue, well, that is a one-sided God, or he is a God that is rigid. But one could also ponder, why would the one true living God have to yield to our sin or a sinner? Or also consider, why should he allow a tainted soul among the souls who have chosen to embrace righteousness and follow God's ways? For one, we can't avoid this impasse because we are right here thrown together. But we can stand apart and not embrace that which is unholy or of no righteous value in the face of God Almighty. As stated in Ephesians 5.11, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Today we will look into Isaiah and Jeremiah scripts. We're going to first turn to Isaiah 9, and we're going to look at scripts 8 to 12. The Lord sent a word against Jacob, and it has fallen on Israel. All the people will know, Ephraim and the inhabitant of Samarai, who say in pride and arrogance of heart, The bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. Therefore the Lord shall set up the adversaries arisen against him, and spur his enemies on, the Syrians before the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with an open mouth. But for all his anger is not turned away, but his hand is still stretched out. The arrogance that is stretched out on the earth today holds a strong, putrid stench of that garbage that has been sitting out in the sun all day and is decaying. There are even souls who go around calling pride to their sexual sins and perversions of ways in society. This focus is not of one group solely. It is about our society as a whole and where basic decisions between good and evil are being consumed by evil, because where pressure is placed on society to overlook and conform to ways of a wicked and evil, in acceptance of ill-thinking, then embracing it as good, is the brink of the downfall of an advanced society that has not stood up for truth in righteousness. Remember, if we don't think to remove the spoiled apple, then the rest will become rotten. Then there is the hope that people place on the works of their hands. As written by Bultema Harry, a reverend from 1884 to 1952, as in people who say in pride and arrogance of the heart, the bricks have fallen down, but we will rebuild with Kuen stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. In their pride, the leaders and the people of a northern kingdom of Israel said, Who cares if God judges us? 
Whatever is torn down, we will rebuild with something better. We have nothing to fear from what God can bring against us. Number one, instead of humbling themselves before the face of God on account of the many calamities that had already descended on them, they still entertain a lighthearted optimism regarding the future. This optimism manifested itself in the slogan that were current in that day and apparently on everyone's lips. Number two, what a brief but deeply psychological picture this is of an unfaithful generation that keeps dreaming of better times to come and lightheartedly ignores the severe judgments of God. Therefore, the Lord shall set up adversaries because they believe they would be able to weather the storm of attack and then rebuild. God would send successive waves of enemies against Israel, the Syrians before, and the Philistinians behind. The destruction of Israel would be complete, and their proud promise to rebuild would be unfulfilled. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the first time, the chorus said the judgment against Israel's pride was not enough. There was still sin to judge, and God wasn't ready to stop his work of judgment. Calvin could say of this day more than 300 years ago, how many are the distresses with which Europe has been afflicted for 30 or 40 years? How many are the chastisements by which she has been called to repentance? And yet, it does not appear that those numerous chastisements have done any good. On the contrary, luxury increases every day, lawless passions are inflamed, and men go on in crimes and profligacy more shamelessly than ever. In short, those very calamities appear to have been so many excitements to luxury and splendor. What then should we expect but to be bruised with heavier blows? This, my friends, is a stubborn, stubborn people. Let's move on to Isaiah 9:13-17. Because they refuse to repent, there will be an overthrow of leadership. For the people do not turn to him who strikes them, nor do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off head and tail from Israel. Palm branch and bull rush in one day, the elder and the honorable, he is the head, and the prophet who teaches lies is the tail. For the leaders of this people will cause them to err. And those who are led by them are destroyed. Therefore, the Lord will have no joy in their young men, nor have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For everyone is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaks folly. For all this, his anger is still not turned away, but his hand is outstretched. For the people do not turn to him who strikes them. Each episode of judgment was followed by Israel's refusal to turn to the Lord. They were like dumb animals that resist even more when they are beaten. Therefore, the Lord will be cut off head and tail from Israel. Those who lead in Israel, the elder and honorable, the prophet who teaches lies, the leaders of this people will be cut off, which means to be killed. The expression branch and rush indicates the same thing as head and tail a branch grows upward and hence refers to the high and the importance of people of the population the rush grows in muddy marshes and refers to the lowest element of the population the scum this was written by Bultermet Harry for all this his anger is not turned away but his hand is stretched out still. This chorus was repeated. The judgment against Israel's impotence was not enough. There was still sin to judge, and God 
wasn't ready to stop his work of judgment. God is constant. He works continually, even while we sleep. Many times, we busy ourselves to the point of unrecognizing God's work. In fact, some even complain, perhaps it rains, and they feel it's messy. Instead of thinking our Lord God, they choose to complain. Sometimes our surroundings change for the better, and we focus on how they are different in a negative way. Let's continue. Isaiah 9, 18, 21. Because of prevailing wickedness, they will attack their own brothers. For wickedness burns as the fire. It shall devour the briars and thorns and kindle in the thickets of the forest. They shall mount up like rising smoke through the wrath of the Lord of hosts. The land is burned up and the people shall be as fuel for fire. No man shall spare his brother and he shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry. They shall devour on the left and not be satisfied. Every man shall eat flesh of his own arm. Madison shall devour Ephraim and Ephraim Madison. Together they shall be against Judah. For all his anger is still not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Woe to those who decree unrighteousness decrease, rob the needy of justice, and take what is right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey. The leaders and the people of Israel were simply unfair to others and preyed on the weak. What will you do in the day of punishment? To whom will you flee for help? The idea is when you have forsaken others in their time of need, who will you go to for help when you are in need? Without me, they shall bow down among the prisoners. They shall fall among the slain. All God needs to do to bring extreme judgment on Israel is to withdraw his protection. The Lord declared, Without me, you have no hope before your enemies. Without me, they shall bow down when the Assyrians conquered other nations. It wasn't enough for them just to win a military victory. They had a preserved pleasure in humiliating and subjugating their conquered fools. They would do anything they could to bring them low. Here, God said, you have rejected me. So without me, you shall bow in humiliation and degradation before your enemies. One of the Hebrew words commonly translated worship in the Old Testament is shahah, which means to bow down, to reverently bow or stoop, to pay homage, to worship. But this is another word for bow down, the Hebrew word kara. It isn't a good word. It means to sink, to drop, to bring low, or to subdue. We might say that we will either bow down to the Lord and worship, or it will be said of us, Without me they shall bow down and suffer men and humiliation. Which will it be? In our current state of affairs, we're in a sinking state. Hopefully by the end of this podcast, People will embrace and turn to God, for His hands are still outstretched to receive those with an humble and contrite heart. We will move on to Jeremiah. Here we will review what becomes of the covenant breakers or people who bow up with conspiracy. Jeremiah 11, a broken covenant and a conspiracy. A curse to the covenant breakers. 1 through 5. The covenant and the curse, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Cursed is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt from the iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice, and do according to all that I command you. You shall, you, B, 
be my people, and I will be your God, that I may establish the oath which I have sworn to your fathers, to give them a land flowing with milk and honey, as it is this day. And I answered, and I said, So be it, Lord. We continue reading Jeremiah eleven six to 8 The command to preach the message of the broken covenant. The Lord said to me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear the words of this covenant and do them. For I earnestly exhorted your fathers in the day. I brought them up out of the land of Egypt until this day, rising early and exhorting, saying, Obey my voice. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Therefore, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but which they have not done. Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem. Jeremiah's assignment was to preach this message of a broken covenant and its consequences in Jerusalem and the other cities of Judah. For I earnestly exhorted your fathers, God gave the people of Israel many warnings and encouragements to do what was right under the covenant. He wanted their obedience and did all he could to cultivate and encourage it. God even rising early and exhorting them to use an understandable figure of speech. They did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone followed the dictates of his evil heart. Instead of following God's instructions and warnings, they went their own way, followed their own heart. Therefore, God said, I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant. The conspiracy of disobedience. Jeremiah 11, 9 through 10. And the Lord said to me, a conspiracy has been found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They have turned back to the inequities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words, and they have gone after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their fathers. They have turned their back to the inequities of their forefathers who refused to hear my words. The conspiracy was a work of both breaking the commandments of God and refusing to hear the warning of God. It ended up being a conspiracy to break their covenant with God. See, there are two types of people in this world. One who will do sin without repenting and those who have repented yet continue in inequities of not obeying or trusting our Lord God. We continue on Jeremiah 9, 11 through 14. The curse to come upon the covenant breakers. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will surely bring calamity on them which they will not be able to escape. And though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Then the cities of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem will go and cry to the gods to whom they offer incense, but they will not save them at all in the time of their trouble. For according to the number of your cities were your gods, O Judah, and according to the number of the streets of Jerusalem, you have set up altars to that shameful thing, altars to burn incense to Baal. So do not pray for these people, or lift up a cry, or pray for them, for I will not hear them in the time they cry out to me because of their trouble. We continue Jeremiah 9, 15-17. The disappointment of rejected love. What has my beloved to do in my house, having done lewd deeds with many? The holy flesh has passed from you. When you do evil, then you rejoice. The Lord called your name, green olive tree, lovely of good fruit, with the noise of a great turmlet. He has kindled a fire on it, and its branches are broken. What has my beloved to do in my house, having done lewd deeds with many? 
God regarded Israel as his beloved, yet they played the part of the unfaithful spouse, being unfaithful with false gods. Therefore God appropriately asked why they were still in his house. As if a husband should say to his adulterous wife, when make it this strumpet in my bed, since she had so many paramours. The holy flesh has passed from you. The sacrifice sanctified by the altar shall be wholly taken away from you together with the temple. When you do evil, then you rejoice. This description is of a sin-sick society. Not only do they sin, they openly rejoice in their evil. The Lord called your name, green olive tree, lovely and of good fruit. This describes the expressions of love and endearment God gave to Israel. He loved them tenderly and deeply, yet they returned his love with unfaithfulness. They rejected God's endearment and love. He has kindled a fire on it, and its branches are broken. Though God once held his people in such dear regard that would not stop his, his appropriate judgment against them, Though he planted them, he still pronounced doom against them for their stubborn sin and idolatry. Moving on to 16 and 18, the zeal of God in pursuing the people ripe for judgment. Behold, I will send for many fishermen, said the Lord, and they shall fish them. And afterward, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face, nor is their inequity hidden from my eyes. And first I will pay double for their inequity and their sin, because they have defiled my land. They have filled my inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable idols. We continue on Jeremiah 9, 19 to 21. God Almighty glorified among the Gentiles, O my Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles shall come to you from the ends of the earth and say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthlessness, and unprofitable things. Will a man make gods for himself? which are not gods. Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know my hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction, despite the gloom of Judah's condition and their impending judgment, Jeremiah still found strength and refuge in the Lord. The Gentiles shall come to you. Not only would God fulfill the promise to restore his own people from their exile, but he would also do an even greater work. God promised to draw the Gentiles unto himself, drawing them from the ends of the earth. Surely our fathers have inherited lies, worthless and unprofitable things, this would be the repented testimony of the Gentiles drawn to the Lord. They would see the vanity of their idols and unprofitable things. Will a man make gods for himself which are not gods? Can any be so silly and so preposterously absurd? Yes, fallen man is capable of anything that is based, mean, vile, and wicked till influenced and converted by the grace of Yeshua HaMashiach. I will cause them to know my hand and my might. God promised a might revelation of his power and greatness to the Gentiles. This promise was fulfilled in the display of God's power and love through the work of Yeshua HaMashiach and the ongoing presentation of that message. They shall know that my name is Lord. As in Ezekiel 36, 23, I will sanctify my name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst, and the nations shall know that I am the Lord, 
says the Lord God, when I am hollowed in before their eyes. In Ezekiel 37, 14, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Or in the King James Version, which is 37:14, And shall put my spirit in you and ye shall live and I shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, said the Lord. We must understand that we have been indoctrinated in worldly ways that do not intertwine with righteousness or follow statues and commandments of the Almighty God. Therefore, this makes the effort difficult to abandon the ill ways and the mindset of man, of the world, and to follow Christ, the King. Although not an impossible or unreachable road, this road of righteousness is the victorious one, one that has many dips in the valley, one that is valiant in honor, because we all, every human alike, king, queen, leaders, etc., must honor and give honor to one true, the Almighty God. The world is sitting in judgment, and more judgments that increase in catastrophic events will continue because of the unrepented and the broken covenants. How many disasters, historical and biblical events, must we face before we understand that God before us is summoning us to change for good. A real change is a broken and contrite heart, one that perhaps has lost everything in the face of the world, but gained grace through our Lord, our living God, in Yeshua HaMashiach. You see, it only took one without sin, one in righteousness, to offer one true gift of salvation. In God Almighty, through Yeshua HaMashiach, who is the only counterforce in the whole of creation, humanity, period. When we rebel and go against Him, we are going against ourselves. When we embrace evil for good, we fail ourselves. When we think using our mind instead of using His Holy Spirit through His salvation, we are sure to fail. In the world, we are failing because we cannot force or make things right without facing God first and repenting of our sins or transgressions. Even still, it is up to God to say, you are forgiven, my child. God decides and he asks, sin no more. No matter how many skyscrapers, stadiums, platforms we build, or altars to other gods, they will all be torn down and disappeared because not one of them can withstand the test of time. Only God, the Father, the Almighty One, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. His truth is the truth. The life that pours from His hands to ours is life. God offers the real change and stability, not mankind. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 60, 19, No longer will you have the sun for light by day, nor for brightness will the moon give you light, but you will have the Lord for an everlasting light, and your God for your glory. This message today is a soul shaken for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see. Listen carefully with vigor. Turn from your evil ways, for God is still with His outstretched hand and offering redemption. We must not turn back to Egypt, so to speak. Leave behind all your old ways and resist evil. In the passages that 
were given today, the people of Israel did not leave their sin behind. They went back, and in going back, they got more calamities thrown over them. Let me explain. The reason unequal yokes cannot mingle together is when one has turned to God for redemption and received the gift of salvation, the Holy Spirit. He is then of righteousness, as in Ephesians 5, 8. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light. In the Lord, walk as children of the light. In John 8, 12, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The redeemed cannot then strangle the Holy Spirit by resorting back to his or her old worldly habits. It would be like leaving an addiction, then returning to the scene where the habit of addiction is fed, and then trying to shake it off or abstain from partaking in the addiction with all the temptations flowing amok. Another example is, and this one I've had numerous personal experiences with, because even in a church can you be subject to unequal yokes. For example, if the minister is not practicing good relations with God Almighty, he may inadvertently bring calamities over his congregations. They can be deadly ones. There are many false prophets. Some self-proclaim. One way of knowing is if money is behind them, or they request money using God's word, then they are not receiving an anointed word from God. For our Lord proclaimed his gospel was freely given and freely received. In Isaiah 55, 1, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money, without cost. Hallelujah. The truth is, if a minister is unclean or not following God's will for him, and his followers, then the enemy will distort and cause mayhem in the church. The same is for believers and non-believers. Believers come with holiness and profess good teachings of our Lord God in Yeshua, Hamashiach. Believers and non-believers are both subject to the enemy. However, the non-believer, because they have no stance in the one true God, will receive an onslaught of calamities by the enemy in their lives and even blinds them by a veil of darkness that they cannot see clear through. And in mingling with the believers, this force of darkness will always try to convert the believer to back to non-believer. So in the world, perhaps there are more non-believers than believers, since we can see the bad fruits being more prevalent. In Acts 26.18, to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominant of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inherit among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. In Colossians 1.13, For he rescued us from the dominant of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. 2 Corinthians 6.14, Do not be bound together with unbelievers, for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Perhaps you may ask, how is all this possible? Well, this is far above our ability to control, because there is a war that is spiritual. There is only one who can protect or allow for the final fall of the wicked and the unrepented. The Lord God is of goodness. But those who refuse to abide and obey, he will remove his protection from them. In Isaiah 45, 7, the one forming light and creating darkness calls well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all of these. In Ephesians 6, 11 to 13, put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the vials of the devil. For we wrestle not flesh and blood, but against principalities, 
against powers, against the rulers of the darkness and of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. In Isaiah 42, 16, I will lead the blind by the way they do not know. In the paths that they do not know, I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them, and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do. In Luke 1, 79, to shine upon those who sit in darkness, the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Hallelujah. Our Lord God has the master blueprint. No man or evil adversary holds that plan, which is to lead his people out of darkness and back to light, the truth. The Lord God holds it. The master on the life itself, on love itself, we can squander it by taking and accepting the lies of men and think we can build it back by our own very hands, or we can repent, relinquish our old ways of failure in a system that fails and build a new life through the gift of redemption offered by God himself through Yeshua HaMashiach. Of course, we might not know what that might look like at this moment, but I guarantee you, it is a very bright future because the one who offers it is an everlasting king and no one or nothing can take that position. So look to Christ, the King Yeshua. He is the king of all kings. It's time we put away our arrogance and rebelliousness because Yeshua HaMashiach has overcome. He will deliver you from sin and afflictions today. Yeshua will deliver us all from this evil world. It's time to bend knee and give him, our Lord God, our Lord, King of Kings, King Yeshua, honor and glory. This is the real change in our lives and in our planet, not schemes of man. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, let's repent right now to our Lord, right now, give your life to Him, Yeshua, HaMashiach. Please stop what you are doing and let's pray this redemption prayer at this moment. This is a prayer for a new life and repentance for salvation. My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul. A sinner, I am humbled myself before you today. I am truly sorry for my sinful ways and evil deeds against you, Lord God, and deserve your original penalty of death. I do believe that Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, is the Son of the living God. I believe that you sent Yeshua HaMashiach, who became flesh and dwelt among us. I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my sins. I believe that Yeshua resurrected from the dead after three days by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that at this moment He is here in my confession of sin and this prayer. I open the door to my heart. I invite you into my heart, Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. Please wash all of my filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed in my place on Calvary. I know you will not turn me away, Lord Jesus, Lord Yeshua. You will forgive my sins and save my soul. I know because your word, the Bible says so in John 6, 37. Your word says that you will turn no one away. That includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me. And I know that you have answered me. And I know that I am saved. And I thank you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. And I will show my... Thankfulness by doing as you command to sin no more. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Do you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit sweeping over your whole body at this moment? Then shout for joy. Give praises to the King Yeshua for all his mercy and love over your life. We should take glory 
in our King of Kings and his works on the cross and defeating death, Yeshua has overcome the enemy's plots and schemes. Hallelujah. Never forget what the Lord God has done for you today and the next day and the days ahead. Remember his goodness. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Yeshua. All praises to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. We'd like to thank you for joining us today on our 56th podcast here on the Royal Keynotes Podcast. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Listening Notes, LA, and right here on our very own Royal Keynote Podcast on Podbean. Thank you to GospelRiver.com for When This Passing World Is Done. We look forward to you in our next podcast. God bless you and God keep you.